Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Hello and welcome. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is the Arts Hour. It is a collaboration between the Mississippi Arts Commission and MPB. I am David Lewis, your host today. I'm the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today we have with us the wonderful, amazing Alexis McGrigg, who is a visual artist here in Mississippi. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hi, David. How are you? I'm well. (laughs) It's great to see you. Um, Alexis is an amazing emerged, I will say now, a visual artist based here in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexis and I had the fortune of working together for a couple of years. We're going to talk about that today, but she is also the state fellow for the South Arts Southern Prize Award, which is very exciting. Yes, I'm so excited and really grateful that I was chosen to be the Mississippi State Fellow. We're really award. proud that it's you. Thank it's pretty you. great. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners out there. Tell us... Um, you know, some of your background, who you are. Okay. Well, my name's Alexis McGregg. I am from Utica, Mississippi, which is south of Jackson. Um, I've been an artist for uh, almost 18 years. Um, My emphasis is in painting. I do a little bit of uh, installation work, experimental video, performance art, Um, And so I'm just interested in a lot of things in terms of my method of art making. And so where did you go to school? I went to Mississippi State University to get my Bachelor of Fine Arts in painting. And then I went to Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas, (laughs) to get my Master of Fine Arts in painting with a secondary emphasis in transmedia. Wow, that's (laughs) impressive. Um, I love a long title. (laughs) It's very specific, but it speaks to the, you know, expertise that you have in the field. And I remember very specifically one of our conversations you were telling me about Marfa, Texas. I've never heard of it until you told me about it. Marfa was an extremely interesting place. A little tidbit. Um, Donald Judd was a fan of Marfa. He has um, like this amazing workspace and home that he had built there. He had a huge impact on the town as a whole. Um, A lot of, what do you call them? Trans, not transients. People that move from another oh, location yeah, yeah, yeah. to like nomad, yeah, yeah, to live there. Um, and so he like remodeled a bunch of buildings and things like that. There's this really cool um, installation of his at the Ch- Chinati Foundation. So if you ever have a chance to go, go and check it out. That's amazing. What would you, if there was a city in Mississippi you would liken it to? What would you do? You know of a city that you would kind of relate it to? Oh, um, like Water Valley, maybe. I've never been to Water Valley. Oh, well, um, like it's been it's, a very arts-based town, right? It's like got a lot of arts there. It's kind of like um, a destination almost kind of in itself. Maybe like, not Clarksdale, Cleveland. Yeah. Mm, okay. Maybe maybe kind of like a Cleveland kind of yeah. place. Um, but it's just very, it's very deserted a little bit yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, very small community. And then you have like a beautiful hotel five-star hotel with these amazing restaurants i don't know it's like a 
conundrum. That's really neat. So, but coming back to Mississippi, mm-hmm. you were at Mississippi State University, uh-huh. a graduate of the College of Art and Architecture, Art and Design, like me. Yes. And uh, <laughs> not to make this about me, um, but you graduated there a couple years before me. Um, mm-hmm. Who were some of your teachers there? What were some of your mentors there? Okay. Um, first person that comes to mind, Brent Funderburg. Yes. Also, before Brent Funderburg, Alex Bostic. Oh, yeah. I was really interested in oil painting. I'd never had any experience with oil painting. You know, we learned watercolor, we learned um, acrylic, lots of like water based media. Um, and Alex Bostic kind of like took me under his wing and mentored me and showed me, you know, more of oil painting. I had oil painting with Jeff Hopped as well. Yeah. Um, but Alex Bostic really kind of showed me the richness of the material and yeah. how to use it. And, um, he was my drawing one teacher actually, yeah. which was really, really amazing. And yeah. I remember he said that he had told us that he, um, I think had work commissioned by George Lucas. Yeah. Which He's got lots of interesting stories yes, like that. We <laughs> yeah. mentioned Brent Funderburg, who, yeah. um, is quite a renowned teacher to a lot of people, which is amazing. Yes. So specifically Brent Funderburg has had like the largest impact on my, understanding of color and the use of like water-based media my my main medium is um using procyon dyes which is a kind of fabric dye um but it 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 likens to watercolor in the way that it kind of like flourishes in the water in the way that it's like deep and luscious yeah um and so brent really kind of I don't know, directed me in the way of understanding how does watercolor work, how to be gentle with it, how, to, how it's very fluid and how to like not be afraid to use the color and the way they kind of work together when they're mixed into the water. And so it's just, it was just really great. That's amazing. How many classes did you take from him? I feel like one or two. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that's amazing that you got all of that kind of yeah. out of that. And he's just a great example of some of the amazing teachers yeah. in our universities that really dive into mentorship of our young yeah. artists, which is amazing. So, <clears throat> but even before that, you mm-hmm. were at the Mississippi school for the arts, right? I did. I went to Mississippi school of the arts in two, like 2005, 07. Um, and I had some really great, perf- um, teachers there. I had Ann O'Hara, who's like an amazing drawing teacher. She's just amazing in terms of her own, you know, drawing and her practice as well. Um, I had Rosalind Wilcox. Uh, she also taught painting. And so when I was under her, that was my first experience with painting in general. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. And that's in Brookhaven, right? Yes. Amazing. Brookhaven. So all that education in Mississippi and in Texas a little bit, mm-hmm. um, prepared you to be, would you say, well, to be a independent artist, right? What, um, what are some of the things that you learned through that education, especially at Mississippi state or at the school for the arts that, you know, allowed you to be able to know how to navigate as an independent artist? Yeah, I think, a lot of that education taught me about what it, what an arts practice is, mm. um, being a professional artist. Um, it's not just about the art making. It's also um, like research-based, um, learning about your materials and, and thinking more conceptually. That's what really helped me. Um, you know, we learned our foundational things, drawing and painting and, you know, design and all those kinds of things. But... A lot of my experience with, you know, these different instructors at these at the university level and in high school, they allowed you to think more conceptually, to think broadly about making bodies of work, yeah. not just like project based. Um, I know a lot of times students can get focused on I have a project due, I have this, you know, but yeah. 
being an artist and having an arts practice is not thinking project to project. It's thinking about making series and bodies of work, levels of thought, oh. um, and building on top of those things. So I think that like really though that education really prepared me to think more expansively about the practice of being an artist as as a routine, as a skill, as you know something that is a part of your life. Yeah, that's amazing. So you're listening to the um, Arts Hour here. I'm David Lewis with the amazing visual artist Alexis <laughs> McGregor. We're talking about what it means to be a visual artist and how her education here in Mississippi and a little bit in Texas trained her and helped her know what that was going to be like. So. You had, so after Texas, you were in a couple of different places before you came back to Jackson, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? So after I finished grad school in Texas, at Texas Tech, I moved back to Atlanta, Georgia, um, and I worked for two professional artists, um, Tom Swanston and Gail Foster Swanston. <laughs> um, but it, it was a really interesting time to be able to learn what does a professional artist studio look like? Right. Um, and so I had that experience, and then I eventually had to move back to Mississippi to help my mom. She became ill, so yeah, and that kind of changed my trajectory. It did, but it led you our paths crossed at that point, which yes. is exciting. Uh, you were working at the Smith Robertson Museum as a curator, right? Yes, I was working at Smith Robertson as a curator and using a lot of my design background. So a lot of people don't know. Before I studied painting, I was studying graphic design. So I have like this balance of graphic design and sort of this administrative background, but also this, you know, direction of painting as well. Yeah. And then you like handed me, I remember you, I, I think it was Charlene, the music, the director at the time was mm -hmm. handing me a, um, like something you had made. And I was like, this is some, <laughs> a really amazing person and I, I need her to be on the team. So you joined the rest of the team as the art gallery or the art center manager. Mm -hmm. And we got to work together for a couple years, mm -hmm. um, which is really exciting. So during that time, though, is kind of when you started to see what that body of work, right, was going to become, and mm -hmm. then it started to take notice, right? So mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about kind of high level. We'll get into the deep of it. But since then, um, you know, where has your work started to show up since then? Usually kind of at a high level. Um, so like through this period, so there was a period between grad school and me coming back here. Um, it was kind of like a stillness, you know, mm. I was like on pause basically yeah. in my studio practice and leading into the pandemic, I had this, I had this opportunity of space to work, to think, to, yeah. to get back to what I was supposed to be doing, which was painting. Um, and I had this opportunity with the Mississippi Museum of Art where they did this um, makers in your space project, which they basically just wanted to see me in my arts practice working. Mm -hmm. So I made these paintings outside, uh, out in nature in my grandmother's yard. Um, and those paintings ended up being in an exhibition with Christie's. And after that exhibition with Christie's, it was like the door just <laughs> flung open. Flung open. It was just like it, all the opportunities just came flying in. And it was just kind of like a reminder that, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. When you're yeah. not doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's kind of like nothing. You're not going to get an answer. Right. But if you're if you want the opportunities, the opportunities have to find you working. Wow. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of like the spark that lit the fire of what's burning right now. Yeah. So from there, you were, where were some of your exhibitions? And then you um, after that, I had an opportunity to show my work with Richard Bieber's gallery in, a, in an exhibition called Wealth Surrounds Me. 
Um, and after that exhibition, Richard offered me the opportunity to be represented by his gallery, uh, which then prompted my very first solo show in New York. <laughs> um, and then along came a partnership with Almin Reich Gallery. Um, we did a couple of, um, of their group shows, a couple of fairs, and then I had the opportunity to have a solo exhibition with Almin Reich Gallery in Paris, France. And then the opportunity to be represented by Almin Reich Gallery in Europe and Asia. So all of these like major things um, just kind of like flourished yeah. after that project with the Mississippi Museum of Art. That's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. um, what were, you know, at that time, I remember it was, you know, the pandemic lockdown. What were some of the sort of guiding themes or sort of inspirations for you to create that work? Um, I don't think there was anything during the pandemic. It was like a continual thought oh, that yeah. I had been having um, about my work in general that sprung from grad school. In grad school, I was talking about this idea of blackness. And during the pandemic, I kind of just continued in that same thought that I was thinking, but um, expanding on this idea of celestial space and still thinking about this parallel of blackness and an idea of celestial space and how those two work together. And the, the ideas have, you know, transformed over time yeah. in, in thinking about like parallel worlds, alternate universes. Yeah. It, it was just kind of like, uh, it grew on its own. That's pretty amazing. So, um, we've talked a lot about kind of, you know, the, 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 things that you've had, the exhibitions that you've had going on. What are some of the things, I know we'll talk about them towards the end, but give us a tease of what's kind of on the radar, what you've got next. What I have next in terms of like ex exhibitions yeah. and things. Um, so up next, I have um, a exhibition with the Center for Contemporary Art in New Orleans. Center for Contemporary Art, New Orleans, C-A-C-N-O. Uh, there's an exhibition called Who Lit the Fire? It's a group exhibition um, that includes artists from southern states, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. Okay. Um, and then another exhibition with um, the South Arts exhibition that yep. will show all of the work from all the state fellows at the Oro O'Keefe Museum. Um, that's August 17th. So the exhibition at the Center for Contemporary Art in New Orleans is August 5th, and the exhibition at the Oro O'Keefe Museum is August 17th. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Arts Hour. We're here with the wonderful uh, visual artist Alexis McGrigg, who is here in Mississippi, but is the state fellow for the South Arts Southern Prize mm -hmm. uh, exhibition that will debut uh, later in August mm -hmm. in uh, on the coast. So, uh, Alexis, welcome back. Thank 
Thank you. Thank you for having me, David. So we've been talking to Alexis a lot about um, the process of kind of becoming this full-time artist that she is now and getting recognized. I wanted her to dive in. Alexis, I want you to dive in more into uh, what that experience was like, like what happened when and where, because... Uh, when we worked together at the city, I, I would see you were talking about these things, and I found myself on in a virtual uh, like gallery room with your work <laughs> on the wall that was amazing. And then the next thing I know, you've got rolls of uh, plastic that you're kind of rolling up to ship off to different mm -hmm. countries, and then mm -hmm. you're loading up vans and stuff. Yeah. It was just like it was so fascinating to watch. But I want our listeners to hear what that experience was like of of becoming a full-time very successful artist yes a lot of people don't know I was working full-time for what two yeah. almost three years um, you know while also trying to advance my arts practice right. and advance my career as a professional artist um, and so in that time after I did that project with the Mississippi Museum of Art and um, just seeing how everything, all these opportunities were kind of just flying at me. Um, I had to really start thinking about, you know, where am I going to be able to work and, and, and really work on my arts practice and, and while continuing to right. have a full-time job, thankfully David <laughs> al allowed me, you know, time when I was downtime, when we had a little bit of downtime to be able to, um, you know, ship my work and prepare it and all these things. Um, those works from the uh, Mississippi Museum of Arts Makers in Their Space project, getting into the Christie's exhibition. Yeah, what the, was that? Was how did that happen? That was a virtual exhibition. I had a friend that I actually met here in uh, Mississippi through Sip Culture, which is the Mississippi Center for uh, Cultural Production in yes. Utica, Mississippi. I made Carlton. a friend there. Yes, yeah. Carlton and Brandy Turner, they're amazing so people. They're also <laughs> they're also South Arts um, Southern Cultural Treasures. They're they're like they're. Their group is like yes. one of our cultural treasures, which is amazing. Yes, yes. They're doing great work. They are. They are. Um, they had an artist in residence at the time. Her name was Leanna uh, Ambrose Murray, um, and I became friends with her. She had the opportunity to show in this exhibition with, with Christie's, which was a virtual exhibition called Say It Loud, and they were asking her, hey, do you know of any other um, African-American artists that might be good for this exhibition? And she told them, she said my name in a room that I was wow. not in. They reached out to me and they were like, hey, um, you know, we really love your work. Could you send us some more images? Your friend Leanna, Leanna told us about your work um, and we would just, you know, love to talk to you more about it. So I did. I sent them work. Well, <laughs> I almost missed it. When I got the email from Christie's, I thought it was a fake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, understandable. You're kind of like, what? I'm like, no, this is spam. This is a fraud. <laughs> right. Somebody's lying. Somebody's okay. Not, yeah. yeah, and so I thought it was a fake. I didn't send anything. <laughs> and they reached out again. There was like a specific person that reached out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> so they extended the deadline. I ended up being able to submit something, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, but those works that I made yeah. with the Makers in Your Space project ended up being accepted for this exhibition, which was Christie's first virtual yeah. uh, exhibition that the works were for sale. So it was like a sale an auction, okay. auction yeah. sort of thing. Um, and it was the first exhibition of its kind that they had where all of the um, money made from the sale would go directly to the artist. Wow. That they did not take a percentage of it at all. Um, and so it was just really amazing. 
That's um, incredible. Yeah. And I like, didn't you have like go on a website and like, yeah, they had this digital it? 3d, um, uh, visualization of the exhibition of the works in, in what looks like their spaces. Um, and so you were able to, you know, even though we weren't able to physically go to the spaces, they had this uh, 3D mock-up of it where you could just, you know, go on your laptop and look at the exhibition live. That's so crazy. <laughs> That's really... And they sold, right? Yes, they sold. Both of them sold like on the first day wow. or something. <laughs> Amazing, right? Yeah. I was I was, I was, was floored. Yeah. And I ended up being able to sell another work from that, um, another collector who... He's been so supportive of me ever since then. Um, wow. He, whenever I'm in New York, he, he always comes. You have collectors now. I know. <laughs> so what was after that? Okay, so um, after the Christie's exhibition, um, I was in another exhibition at a museum called the Sika Museum, C-I-C-A. Um, it's in South Korea. Oh, um, wow. I had some video works shown there. Um, there were... There were several other um, sort of group exhibitions, um, one with a, an organization called Art Lead Her uh, with, by, that's owned by Mashanda T. Frere in New York. Um, and then there was a, the Untitled Fair in Miami. Um, and then that sort of led to uh, the solo show mm, with yeah. Almin Reich, which was uh january of 2022 okay yeah so uh the <laughs> that solo show was in paris right yes and what tell us a little bit about that gallery oh wait i skipped i skipped oh. over the solo i skipped yes. excuse me i skipped over the exhibition yeah. of the wealth surrounds me exhibition so i had a oh I, in new york right in new york yes. yeah um i had a friend that i've been friends with for since like 2014 is what it's been eight or nine years uh, at this point his name's Jeremiah Ojo. He um, is my art advisor, and he worked with galleries, you know, kind of helping them, you know, uh, develop their operations administratively and connecting artists and things to galleries. He uh, showed my work to Richard Beavers, and Richard was like, oh, who's this girl? <laughs> who's this? She, she lives where? <laughs> um, but he loved the work, and you know, allowed my work to be shown in that first, um, well, not first, because he's been open for about 13, 14 years, um, to be shown in that exhibition. And there was such great reception um, from kids, adults, collectors, everything. Um, and because of that great reception, he then invited me to have a solo exhibition wow. and representation that following May. So it happened like pretty quickly. Yeah, All it of did. this is. Yeah. It's just happened super fast. <laughs> it's been really amazing yeah, to watch. Yeah. So you're listening to the Arts Hour here. We're with Alexis McGrigg. I'm your host, David Lewis, with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Mm -hmm. So Alexis is talking us through kind of the journey of the past th two, three years that mm -hmm. has really launched your career as a mm -hmm. visual artist. And we've gotten up to through a couple of solo shows. Talk to us about the Paris solo show. Okay, so the Paris solo show was still during the pandemic. Um, I actually wasn't even able to get there during the opening of the show because of, you know, COVID happened. There was some spikes and things. Um, but that was a really great exhibition. It was sold. It was a sold out exhibition. Wow. Um, and they said, you know, people were extremely receptive of the show while I, when I did get to get there to see it um people were just stopping on the street looking in you know yeah. they just they were just very curious um and it, it it was 
mind-boggling, I guess, mm. to be able to see my work in this other space. I always say it's so different for me being able to see my work on display. It's 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 a different experience when I'm seeing it in my studio. Yeah. When I see it all prepared with and it's stretched and it's framed and it's under the lights and all those things, it's um I don't know, it feels like an out of body experience. <laughs> which is so interesting for the theme of kind of what you which is very mm. much a lot of your work is about sort of the out of body experience mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. feeling, which is such a cool way to interact even with your own artwork. Yeah. Um a lot of my work um focuses around thinking about the thinking about blackness as an experience, yeah. as a metaphor or a parallel to this idea of celestial space and moving and journeying through space, but also thinking about the soul and how that exists without the body and Mm. how if we are able to see what a soul would look like what does it look like as it journeys through space and how does that relate to my own personal experience how does that relate to the experience of other black people um so yeah it's like having an out-of-body experience seeing myself see myself do these things it's it's yeah, it's interesting. That's pretty amazing. So, you know, you talked a little bit about what I think is so striking about your work. And, um, well, first off, where could people find your work? Like if they wanted to go online and then look at what your style is, where where would you send them? I'd send them to my website, we which is www.alexisalexismcgriggmcgriggg.com. Or people follow me on Instagram to keep up with whatever I'm doing. What's your handle on Instagram? It is at Alexis McGrigg. Same spelled the same way. As same always. way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk a lot. Uh, it, it's very. You talked even about the way that watercolor infu- influences your work, and mm-hmm. it is very um, uh, easy to see that in the work. Um, mm-hmm. The way that sort of you play with. Um, that you talked about dyes and the way that they, I know there's like a lot of chemical processes that you work in mm-hmm. and the way that it sort of expresses what are some of the, the characteristics of that process that drew you to it that seemed to speak to what you were trying to convey? Mm-hmm. Well, watercolor was my first baby. It was my first love. Um, and if you've worked with watercolor, there's something that happens when you introduce you know, watercolor is like these small little fluid tubes yeah. and, and and it only takes a tiny little droplet of it the in tiniest. order for it to yeah. make, you know, this expanse of color. Um, but there's something that happens when you introduce just a droplet of the pigment mm. in the water and the way that it just rushes and expands in water. Yeah. When I see that and then I think about that kind of movement, And when I think about the movement of space Mm. and journeying through space, or if I see a soul in space, if I imagine in my mind's eye a soul in space and it has this aura or this kind of like light beam expanding out of darkness, that is what it looks like. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) And I mean, you see, you get that because then you have these sort of figures that start to form. But, Mm -hmm. you know, do you usually let the... the figure find itself or do you kind of have an idea about that? I don't usually have an idea about Mm. what the forms are going to look like. It's kind of like I'm waiting for the canvases to speak to me. I work in these kind of like layers building up what I think of as this kind of depth of space. Yeah. Um, and then there's a certain point in my process where it's kind of like I can see that these figures are starting to form but I never know what shape they're going to make it's kind of like they're waiting on me 
to do this process so that they can come alive. And then when I see them, I just see them for a moment, whether they're more realistic, more human looking. Um, that's kind of like what I'm looking for. I think of them as trying to take on a human form. Yeah. Because the, the the shapes of the way that I think of souls, they're kind of these ambiguous, like morphing, right. fluid forms, and they're trying to take on a human shape. So yeah. I'm looking for them, and they're looking for me. Well, and it and it is very evident in the work. I mean, it is not clear. It is you, the that comes through very evidently mm-hmm. the way that. Um, the layering is there and it starts to reveal something, but it's mm-hmm. not quite so hard-lined as right. oftentimes in watercolor it isn't so hard-lined. Sometimes right. it is, sometimes it isn't. That sort of ambiguity is mm-hmm. very apparent in mm-hmm. the the way that the work starts to reveal itself. Right. And I, I just think the experience of your work is quite powerful. I think that's what people respond a lot to mm-hmm. is, is that they see... Um, they can see themselves. They can see different mm-hmm. people. They feel like it is kind of like when you when you when I when I saw photos of some of these exhibitions, mm-hmm. I, it fills the room even if no one's in there because mm. of the shape of the, mm. the the like it's like they're there with you, right? Yeah. And you're like mm-hmm. asking questions about who is this yeah. and what is this, and yeah. I think that's so powerful. What resonates with a lot of people about that work, which is really powerful and striking. Yeah, I like to think of it. When I when I'm looking at the picture paint plane, I like to think of it as like an opening into this like alternate space. If there was a you're, you have a window, literally a window into this other alternate space that you're able to see these forms kind of shape shifting, moving, dancing, you know. Um, and and at the same time, it's also this plane that we can't see. Yeah. So this idea of that, you know, there's something in the space even when there's no one in there that resonates. That's really powerful. That's mm-hmm. really striking. <laughs> This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Arts Hour here on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, David Lewis, the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. And I have with me Alexis McGrigg, who is an, I say now, emerged uh, visual artist, Mississippi, born, educated. She's like our, I just I, I just think you're amazing and your work is amazing <laughs> and you're representing us so well, Alexis. Thank Thanks you. for talking to us today. Um, we've talked a lot about, you know, your work, the inspiration of your work, where it's been and the journey of you coming to here. But mm-hmm. you have some amazing things here on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. So just this week or this past week, it was announced that you have a residency coming up. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. So I, I recently received an award for residency with SIP Culture, which is the Mississippi Center for Cultural Production, Carlton and Brandy Turner again. Um, they have what's called 
the Ripple residency, which is the Rural Performance Production Lab. Um, it's a three-week residency that they offer um, an opportunity for artists from different states in the region, the opportunity to come and um, work on projects that are related to telling narratives about rural living, rural life, or, or about your families or things of that nature. Um, and so I'm going to be doing that residency for three weeks and I'm going to be working on a short film. <laughs> yes, this is amazing. <laughs> um, that is about my family and our ties to Utica, Mississippi. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That I cannot wait count me in, tune me in, <laughs> like that's going to be amazing because I know you have a pretty rich history of your family being in Utica and then mm -hmm. um, that's where a lot of your family is and lives and yeah. uh, we've talked a lot about that. That's that's pretty special. So you will be there for th three weeks? Is three that, weeks. Yeah, mm -hmm. so what all, and you'll be like recording or, you know, what's going to happen in that that time yeah i'll have a film crew oh, um asvp visuals will be doing the filming for me i'm also um having some sound done by tyler tadlock i'm so excited um, about that <laughs> so um we'll be doing some filming and working on the sound and i'll be um sort of compiling all of this kind of like documentary footage yeah. of myself but also um, incorporating some of my experimental video a little bit of installation and performance and using all these sounds and things to create this sort of short film that is a um, a little bit of an insight to my family. And the Oscar goes to, I mean, like, this is going to be incredible. So what was it like, um, so how often do they do this, this fellowship? How often do they do it? Um, I don't know if it's like a, uh, they do it every year. Okay. So they have um, like three periods that they, um, well, three sessions of okay. it. Um, so there's the session that's the summer session, a fall session, and I think either a winter or spring session. Okay. Um, so they, they've done it previously. They did it last year and a, and a few years before that. Um, so it's a yearly thing. Are you the only artist or are there multiple? No, I think there's there's more artists uh, that are in line. I'm not sure if we'll be there at the same time, okay. um, but there are several artists that will be doing the residency. There might be one or two artists at the same time, and then in the next session, a couple of artists in the next session. That's really so. cool. That's really amazing. Uh -huh. Right mm -hmm. right around, like down the street, basically. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, you really didn't even talk, you have all these world travels <laughs> with your work and... And, but your work has also been shared. We talked about Paris. We talked about um, New York mm -hmm. but and South Korea. Mm -hmm. But we hadn't talked about Brussels or London, right. right? So tell us a little bit about Brussels, the experience there in London. And has your travel influenced the work that you do? Um, yes. Yeah, so my most recent solo exhibition was in uh, Brussels, Belgium in January of 2023. How many pieces was in that show? There were 19. Wow. Um, you kind of usually do 19 pieces right is that kind of a number um it depends it up? depends on on what medium you're using like oh, yeah like amy sherald i think she, i think she only makes like six to eight paintings a year wow um and it's different everybody's process is, yeah. is different um so for me like my happy medium is between 10 and 15 but i was i was really ambitious. i was over yeah i was <laughs> It's really ambitious for this for this exhibition. Um, but I did get the chance to go over there uh, for the opening and it was just amazing. Um, being able to be in this environment, it is a challenge because there's a language barrier, but you mm. can 
even if there's a language barrier, you can still see the response of people when they're when they're looking at the work, when they're yeah. taking it in, because imagery doesn't require language. Right. It requires understanding. It requires some feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and resonating from a place of experience right. in each individual. That's like the language. Yeah, is, that's is the, the experience or the yeah. emotion, right? Yeah. Um, and so being able to just kind of like observe people in a different environment and seeing them take in the work um, and, and, and watching them. You can see in yeah. people's mind like the wheels turning or, yeah. or this kind of like light or resonance in yeah. them. That is, it feels honoring. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think that that's, that's such a great way to talk about kind of what the artist experience is when you're, you know, you, I even think from kind of my experience with architecture, urban plan is like when you have public art or you create an experience mm -hmm. and you see those people interact in that way, mm -hmm. that's like the reward, right? And that's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. kind of where you see people experience how you didn't think that they would, but you mm -hmm. also hope that they might. And mm -hmm. so there's just so much to even respond to and learn from, right. from that experience. Yeah. And they, they have so many, they have questions, you know, they yeah. want to know what, what were you thinking? Where were you? Because when, when they understand like what you were thinking and, and, and the direction that you were trying to go with the work, it gives them more insight. And sometimes it makes it stick even more because yeah. they understand the artist, they understand our language and what, what, what resonates for us. Right. Um, something I always say is when you make from a place that's true for you, it will always resonate in a mm. place that's true for others. That's really great. Actually, it's funny because <laughs> um, yesterday we had uh, Landon Bryant of mm -hmm. Landon Talks on our Ask a Professional. We mm -hmm. just had him on recently. And he was talking about the moment that he took off was when he became really authentic about who mm. he was and saying mm -hmm. the things and he found his voice. And so I think it's interesting that from you as a visual artist creating works of art, from yeah. him to creating his own art and being creative in a social media context, mm -hmm. the core thing is like having your authentic voice represented, which is what yeah. strikes people so much. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. So talk about that travel. So you did the show, you had the show in Brussels, but you also had a couple pieces in, in London and went to London to see some artwork. Has how what in what ways has the the travel that you've done influenced or inspired the work that you're doing now? Um so I will say so I had a work um a video work that was showing at the Black Cultural Archives um in London, but I also was able before that to go and visit London and, oh, yeah, and, and yeah. go to the Tate Modern, the Tate yeah. Britain, um, and, and seeing artists there, like Frank, the work of Frank Bowling, um, John Acomfra, um, seeing those artists, there was another amazing artist that I came upon. Her name's Cecilia Vicuña. She had this jaw-dropping <laughs> installation. She's speechless, y'all. <laughs> she had this jaw-dropping installation at the Tate Modern in this, like, large atrium breezeway thing. Wow. The in installation was had to be, like, 20 or 30 feet in the air. Wow. Um, and there were these kind of, like, vines and ropes and cotton and all these sort of like different like textured materials and seeing it and there was sound involved and I just... <laughs> I just stood there. I just stood there. I couldn't, it was like I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Um, and, and seeing that, because it, it's really good for me to go other places and see, um, you know, work involved, you know, installed in different ways and seeing how people are thinking about materials and, and how they're being installed. It, it, it's really helpful for me because I don't get, I don't get the opportunity to do that. I don't get the right. opportunity to see those things. Um, 
when I'm here. So it kind of just like, I don't know, it's like a bomb goes off in my yeah, head. Yeah, it's like a, um, a inspiration. Yeah. Just kind of like, mm. I, I felt that before, especially when you travel. It's like, wow, you know, you see a different perspective. You talk yeah. about language. It's like you mm-hmm. see how other people, you know, engage with art yeah. or space or whatever it can be. Sometimes overwhelming. It can stop you dead in your tracks, right? Yes. It's just like, you're like, whoa, this is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So you're listening to the Arts Hour here on MBB Think Radio. I'm your host, David Lewis, with the visual artist Alexis McGrick, who's based here in Mississippi. We're mm-hmm. so proud of her. <laughs> she is, as I mentioned a couple of times, the South Arts State Fellow for the Southern Prize. So I'm going to take a little bit of time to explain what that is, and then we'll talk a little bit about what that process is going to be over the next couple of years. So South Arts is a regional arts uh, organization that represents nine southern states um, and Mississippi is one of them and they have a bunch of different programs so they mm-hmm. are like the NEA or the or MAC like Mississippi Arts Commission and they mm-hmm. provide grants to artists and arts mm-hmm. organizations um, and so if you're an artist or an arts organization be sure to check them out they have an amazing array of programming mm-hmm. and uh, grant opportunities um, that we want to make sure you know we support you guys in, in pursuing one of those amazing programs is the Southern Prize mm-hmm. um uh, well, I'll say first, another amazing program we've talked a little bit about is the Southern Cultural Treasures, which is a new program and features Brandy and Carlton Turner's SIP mm. Culture, but also the B.B. King Museum uh, and Cultural Center. So we got some great Mississippi <laughs> representation at South Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, Southern Prize is a, 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 an award for visual artists that is given um, each year, and there are um, state fellows, a representative from each state that is selected to sort of be a finalist for the prize. And Alexis is our uh, new uh, state fellow. And mm-hmm. so what that means is that she has work that is sort of curated. Right. So some of your existing work from mm-hmm. uh, collectors, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it will be on display at the Oro O'Keefe Museum of Art uh, beginning in mid-August, mm-hmm. um, along with all of the other states' representatives. And this mm-hmm. is actually the kickoff of it, which is really yeah. cool. So we get to kick it off. Yeah. The award will be announced there. Of course, we're all rooting for Alexis. <laughs> and um, so uh, we hope you'll join us. But it will be there at the um, Oro O'Keefe Museum of Art. And then it will travel right around mm-hmm. the South in yeah. different museums. Do you know some of those museums? I don't know what the other uh, museums are. I know last year... I think it was last year they started off at the Hambage Center of mm. Arts in Georgia. Okay. Um, so other, you know, regional museums. Yeah. Like that, yeah. And so, Alexis, what was, um, you know, what, what drew you to kind of say, I'm going to apply for this? Um, so I was looking for, you know, other opportunities for funding for projects, which I have a project that I have in mind since I've received this um, award from South Arts. Um there there's two parts of it there is the state fellow um which is a portion of the award and then there's the larger award that is the southern prize award right so they have an individual award for one state fellow for each state already walked away with some good stuff (laughs) yeah uh which you know mississippi tennessee alabama georgia um and so I was thinking about ways that I could, you know, think of find funding to do another project. Um, And so I learned about South Arts after I learned about the Mississippi Arts Commission um, award. And so, uh, you know, South Arts, they do funding for individual artists, an unrestricted grant that you can, you know, do with 
it and be creative in any way yeah. that you think of to um, you know work on a project. Unrestricted grants for individual artists, um, and I applied. It's a merit based award, um, and then you know they choose the the Southern Prize on the highest merit among the fellows. Yeah. That they've selected. It's pretty amazing. And mm. so we're all rooting for you. And um, you'll be able to um, see the work. It'll be across the south. I mean, we hope you go see it on the coast. Um, mm -hmm. It'll be up for quite a minute. Um, mm -hmm. And then we'll go around for, I think, a couple, like two years or something. I think that they kind of got yeah. some some things lined up, Yeah. Uh, which is really exciting. If you were to give some advice to another uh, Mississippi visual artist out there interested in applying, what advice would you give them? Um... I would tell them to consider um, submitting things that will allow them to see like a cohesive body of your work. Right. Like a, um, yeah, you united... talked about the body of work. It yeah. talks about something right more conceptual, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really important, I think, when applying for grants and things to submit things that they that allow the the you know reviewers to see you your work cohesively yeah um you know submitting like a, a a tied body of work not just like this piece from this this body this piece from this body this, you know because they need to be able to see your train of thought and your develop the development of your work even right um you know so submitting works that might seem like related in themes or conceptual idea or imagery like over a period of time is a good thing to try to do that's amazing. So thank you, Alexis, for being with us. Again, you can catch her work very soon here on the uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast at the Oro O'Keefe Museum of Art. Mm -hmm. You can join us at the uh, kickoff on August 17th down at the museum. Alexis will be there. I'll be there. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have some other people there. We're excited. Mm -hmm. All of the state fellows will be there. They will announce the prize winner. <laughs> it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so be sure to check that out. Alexis, where can people find your work even beyond that or on the website? You gave the website. Yes. Um, my website is www.alexismcgreg.com or you can connect with me on Instagram. I always respond to people or just follow me if you want to see what I'm doing. My Instagram handle is at Alexis McGrig. Or, you know, if you want to learn more, you can always contact my galleries, which are Richard Beaver's Gallery in New York. Um, he represents me in the United States. And then also Almin Reich Gallery. They represent me in Europe and Asia. Well, you've been listening to the Arts Hour here on MPB Think Radio. I've been your host, David Lewis, Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, and our wonderful guest today, Alexis McGrigg, who is a Mississippi visual artist. Thank you again, Alexis, for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, David. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform.